Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the word of God. Praise the Lord. Let's give that unto the Lord. Can we do that? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's give that unto the Lord. Well, that's pretty good, but let's give Jesus some praise in here tonight because he's worthy of the praise. I feel a victory in this house right now in the name of Jesus. Now, some of you are in pain and you're waiting on somebody to call you out to get your miracle, but if you'll just take the miracle right now. The miracle is in this building right now. How do you take the miracle? You praise the Lord, not worship. You praise the Lord. Okay. You're, you're waiting on me, but I, I, you're not waiting on me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I was in a service some time ago, and while I was there, while I was there, uh, the working of miracles was in the building and the people would not take the miracle. They would not take it. Some of you are waiting on something and God's saying, you're not waiting on me. I'm waiting on you to take it and possess it and lay hold on it. Praise God so honored to be here at the Life Church. It's an absolute honor to be here. I was thinking how many years it's been so far. Uh, I think it's five. This is the fifth year. And um, I so look forward to being here every year, praise the Lord, and thank you for putting up with me. And I give honor to the bishop of this house. And uh, Bishop Gleason and his wonderful family. Are you glad about the man of God? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Some of, some of us, what we're looking at in what the Lord has said to us, we are looking at that as the ceiling. But the Lord wants this church to know whatever you have expected, that's not the ceiling. That's the floor. That's the floor. Praise God. That's the floor. I'm receiving that for myself. That's the floor. That is the floor. That is the entry level to what God's doing. Praise the Lord. I give honor to Pastor Justin Gleason. I thank the Lord for him. Are you glad about the man of God? Hallelujah. Um, just love all of you wonderful people. Genesis chapter number 8. Verse number 18. Hmm. 
Folks, I, I'm not stalling here for because I don't have nothing else to do. I feel the prophetic stirring in this building. There is a mighty prophetic utterance in this house. I want you to lift your hands and begin to cry out to God. There is a mighty wave of the prophetic and the victory of the Lord in this house. Yekanda hashata rakata rakata shatala katoma shatala isandala katuma salada makatoma kashata. Woo! Oh. oh, don't stop. The Holy Ghost is ministering in this house. Do not stop what you're doing. The Holy Ghost is ministering in this house. Mabaha kandeya suta baba kandala na makara na katu kamataya ne satama katu de amasala laki ne shetad no bakuri amasala motora maraba baraba karaba kasuria mara morata kataraba kutaraba katala. Oh, 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 yes, that's it. Somebody's, somebody's blood condition is getting healed right now. What you feel is the victory of the Lord. That's not just a run-of-the-mill touch. That's the victory of the Lord. And that's an indicator you're going to get what you need in this house right now. God is raising up the life church to be an affront to the status quo. God has raised up this church to be an affront to the normal. Hallelujah. And that's what we're going to be. And that's what God has ordained for this church to become and to be. 
Genesis chapter number 8, verse number 18. I don't intend to preach long. And Noah went forth, and his sons and his wife, and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, and every fowl, and whatsoever creepeth upon the earth after their kinds, went forth out of the ark. Somebody shot, they went forth. And Noah built an altar unto the Lord and took of every clean beast, every clean fowl, and offered a burnt offering on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And the church said, Amen. like to talk to this church tonight from uh, this subject, altars that propel. Altars that propel. The church said amen. <clears throat> Father, I thank you for the word of the Lord. I ask you, Lord, to let your word become flesh and manifest among us. I thank you for the victory that I feel in this house. I thank you, Lord, for the... Uh, the just the presence of the Lord hanging over this house and the victory of the Lord and the power of God. I thank you for it. I praise you for it. And Lord, we expect great and powerful things to happen in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you believe the Lord's going to do it one more time, would you clap your hands to the Lord and give the Lord a shout of praise? <clears throat> Give the Lord a shout of praise. Shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Praise the Lord. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. I don't intend to be long. We have a curse upon this generation, as it were. The curse of the generation, the Lord asked me some time ago, he said to me, he said, what is the gateway to a reprobate mind? And when the Lord asked me these questions, I wonder sometimes if he's just waiting for me to try to answer because to see how dumb I'm going to look trying to answer. Praise God. Because God don't ask questions he don't have answers to. If God asks you a question, there is a lead-in going into it, and so he asks you a question for your mind to open so that he can download revelation upon your understanding. Hallelujah. And so the Lord began to ask me, what is the gateway to a reprobate mind? And I said, well, I don't really know. And so I did the smart thing and I asked the Lord, what is the gateway to a reprobate mind? And the Lord let me know that 
it's what's upon this generation now, Brother Caleb Gleason. It is uh, we are cursed in the generation, not not the church. The church is not cursed. It's the generation that's that's cursing themselves because um, they the Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter number one, the Bible said that they knew him as God, but they did not glorify him as God. And ladies and gentlemen, I would tell this church here tonight, now I did not come to sermonize. I come here to help some folks in this church tonight. And God is interested in shifting us and moving us somewhere. Praise the Lord. God took the ability to sermonize out of me in May of 2020, and um, I, I appreciate the ability to do it, but I cannot. And so I stopped trying, praise the Lord. And, um, but we have a generation that knows God, but they do not glorify him as God. And every once in a while, you, you have to get to the place where you say, I don't understand everything there is to know about God. But I, at some point, I have to learn to glorify him just for his sovereignty. I have to glorify him because I don't know all there is to know I have to glorify him because he knows the end from the beginning. I glorify God. I don't understand, well, Brother Wade, why did I have to go through what I went through? I don't know why you had to go through that. I don't know what caused you to even go through that. I don't even know what God saw in your world to say, I'm going to allow them to deal with that. But whatever it was, God's sovereign, and I have to deal with his sovereignty, and I have to learn how to praise him because he's God. Somebody ought to praise him in this house right now. You ought to praise him because his salvate your salvation was his sovereign choice. Because that Bible said no man comes to the Father except the Spirit draw him. Oh, somebody ought to praise him that his spirit drew you in here. You ought to praise him that his spirit drew you in here. You could be living in your sin right now, but God made a way and drew you into his presence. Woo! Oh, yes, I thank him for his drawing power. I thank him for his drawing power. You've got to learn how to glorify him as God. And then he says, uh, he says, he's going to take it further and says, neither were they thankful. They were not thankful. And uh, that, my brothers and sisters, uh, is uh, the gateway to a reprobate mind. It is people that have learned how not to be thankful. Uh, 
it's people. So, and then he goes further and says, because they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. He said, it wasn't enough that they got knowledge. He said, I wasn't against that. He said, I was against the fact that they refused to give me thanks. No matter what I did, they refused to thank me. And he said, on top of it, they got knowledge. And he said, they thought it was their knowledge that got them out. But it was me that got them out. I want you to know right now, we're sitting in a building right now that knowledge did not get us. Okay, that's, that's well, okay. I'm going to try it again. You're sitting in a building right now that knowledge alone did not get us. It did not. We're sitting right here right now. The lights are on in this building right now, not because knowledge got it for us, but we have to acknowledge if it had not been for the Lord, we wouldn't even be sitting in here right now. Praise the name of the Lord. It was some time ago the Lord began to deal with me. I had, uh, it was some time ago the Lord began to deal with me. Uh, and uh, he began to talk to me about altars. Uh, now, ladies and gentlemen, I am not uh, a scholar of any sort. Uh, but as I began to look at altars, I discovered that altars were first mentioned in the book of Genesis chapter number 8. It is the first place where altars are mentioned. And uh, anytime there's something first mentioned in scripture, you've got to pay attention to it. Uh, you can't just gloss over it. And the Bible says that that altar that Noah built was going to propel him somewhere. That altar was going to propel him. Well, my brothers and sisters, that altar was going to propel Noah. But the first thing God told Noah was, you've got to come out of that ark. You cannot stay in that ark. And that's where most people, that's why some people can't build an altar. It's because, ladies and gentlemen, they stay in the thing that represents past storms. You cannot stay in, a, in something that represents the past and build something that's going to propel you into your future. And God said, the first thing you've got to do is you must come out of that ark. Well, I'll take a station break here to tell some of you, God is not withholding joy from you. Y'all hear me. God is not withholding the miraculous from you. The first thing God wants you to do is come out of the thing that represents the storm that you have gone through. The rains are over with. I don't think you're hearing me yet. The rains are over with. The wind is not blowing anymore. There is no, there's no destruction on your horizon. So you got to come out of that thing. Oh, somebody shout, I got to come out of that. I got to come out of that. I'm going to tell some of y'all right now, well, Brother Wade, COVID is still hanging around. Well, it's not going anywhere either, but the storm is over, and you've got to come out of that ark. I'm telling you, God's trying to download some stuff on the Life Church right now. God 
God's trying to download some blessing on this church, but some of you got to come out of that ark to receive what God's got. Oh, I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. Oh, hallelujah. Pull on your neighbor and tell them, you got to come out tonight. you got to come out tonight. Because what I understand is, brother, my brother, what I understand is, is the first place that God allows altars to be mentioned in your Bible. That altar was not the result of a storm. If the only time you have an altar is because you got a storm, then you're going to need a storm to keep you at an altar. Ladies and gentlemen, the first altar that was built was not a 911 apparatus. It was not because I'm in an emergency. Oh, God, help me. I got news for this church right now. God's looking at the church today, and he's saying, I would like somebody to come to my altar because they're not because they're in an emergency, but because their heart is full of gratitude. Oh, God, help me. I want this church to hear what God's saying. The first altar that was built was not a result of a storm. It was a result of gratitude. Oh, somebody ought to just be thankful in this house. It was a result of gratitude. Life Church, you're making some progress in this building right now. Woo! But I'm going to say it again. Noah built an altar as a result of gratitude. He didn't even know he was going to come out of that storm. Had no idea he was coming out. Had no idea that he was coming out of that. Oh, God, help us. We've got to stop using the altar as a 911 emergency deal. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We got to stop coming to church just because we got an emergency and we need a touch and we got to get something. Oh, well, hello. Some people want, some people look at the church as some, some welfare line. They look at the church as some, some place you get your commodity cheese and your king vitamin cereal. Well, praise the Lord. If you don't know nothing about king vitamin cereal, you ought to look that up. That wasn't very good to eat. But I will take some of that cheese. Woo! Can't nothing make grilled cheese like that. Oh, come on, somebody. But people treat, they treat the church and altars as an emergency. But Noah said, I'm going to build me an altar that's going to propel me somewhere. Well, Noah, where is your altar going to propel you? Well, Noah's altar propelled him into multiplication. Yes, his altar propelled him into multiplication. And I can prove that, ladies and gentlemen, because it was from all three of his sons and, and his wives and their wives that, that multiplied the rest of the earth. 
Yes, I want this church to hear what God's saying to the life church. This church has built altars before me. And some of you didn't think it was going to do anything for you. But I got news for you. There is an altar that some of you have built. And it is going to propel this church into multiplication. Oh, okay, I got it. I said, this church has been building altars of gratitude. You ain't been building altars of woe is me and how bad it is. Your altars will propel you somewhere. Your altar is going to propel you somewhere. I said, that altar is going to propel you somewhere. An altar of gratitude will propel you into multiplication. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You got to stop complaining long enough to build an altar of gratitude. You got to stop talking about how bad it is. I'm going to just tell you all something right now. I, I saw some, uh, a news article the other day. I saw a news article the other day. Would you like to know where the fastest growing church in the world is right now? Where's it at in the world? Huh. Where's it at? I'll tell you where it's at. It's in Iran. Is this on? No, I, I don't think you heard what I just said. It's in Iran. It's in Iran right now. Did you know that they have 16,000 people a day converting to Christianity? Right in the well, brother Wade. What is what are you saying? I'm saying that those people, that those wonderful folks, right there in the threat of death, has made up their minds that I'm not going to cry and build an altar that don't propel. Oh God, they are building altars that propel right now, and it's propelling towards multiplication. Mm. Well, hallelujah. And Bishop Gleason, they are doing this with no bu without buildings. Mm -hmm. Because their altar propels them somewhere. They have come out of the ark and has built something that will propel them. The second altar I find is in the book of Genesis chapter 12. And the Bible says that the man Abram, God calls him out. And when he calls him out, this, the first thing he does is he builds an altar. And the Bible said that altar is between Bethel and Ai. It's between the house of God and a heap of ruins. But look at your neighbor telling him your altar is going to propel you somewhere. Your altar will propel you. Your altar will propel you. And the Bible said that you had Bethel on the west and Ai on the east, but his altar propelled him. See, I'm going to tell you, when you build an altar unto the Lord, it doesn't propel you towards destruction. It propels you away from it. Because instead of him going toward the ruin, that altar propelled him to the south to go a different way. 
That's why when you come to the altar and you get down before God and you build an altar before the Lord, that thing should not propel you back to the trouble you came out of. It should propel you away from it. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be propelled towards the temptation. It should propel you away from it. It shouldn't propel. Is this okay? I hope I'm. And so that altar propelled him into divine purpose. And then he, he takes and, is this okay? Um, hallelujah. Don't want to bore you. But then he says, Genesis 13, the Bible says, because the altar is going to propel you somewhere. Genesis 13, he says that he builds an altar and verse number four, and between verse number four and verse number eight, something begins to take place. The Bible said that the herdsmen begin to strive. The Bible said there begins to be some arguing going back and forth between people. That's what that Bible says. And the herdsmen start getting all worked up. And somewhere between verse four and verse eight, Something happens because Noah, I mean, Abraham builds this altar. And when he goes to, he go after he builds that altar, he goes to Lot. And he says, let there be no strife between you and me. He said, he said, let there be no strife between us. For we are brothers. Because that altar he built in Genesis 13 propelled him into unity. I'm going to tell the life church right now. We're not here building altars out of emergencies. We're building altars because we need this thing. We need to be propelled somewhere. We're, 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 we're being propelled somewhere because we're not going to be where we are a year from today, where we are tonight. Okay. Well, praise the Lord. I'm going to say it again. We're not going to be a year from now where we are tonight. We're, uh, we're, we're just not. In fact, I've made up my mind. We're not going to be we're, uh, uh, six months from now where I'm at tonight. Because I'm going to build me. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not interested in just coming around the altar. I want the altar to propel me somewhere. Got to have the altar. What good is it to come around an altar and never get on an altar? We can't afford to come around an altar and just cry and boo-hoo and, and moan and just bellyache and complain. We've got to build an altar that will propel. I'm telling you what I know. God is forging and putting together divine partnerships. Well, hallelujah. God's put people in your life right now, and they get on your nerves. Oh, yes, I know what I'm talking about. They get on your nerves. In fact, you don't even want to work with them. You don't even really like them very much. 
And you're like, why in the name of God do I got to work with them? I'll tell you why. Because the purpose is greater than you. And just because they have a difficult personality doesn't mean that God's going to eliminate you from working with them. Oh, I wish I had the time. I don't. He's working on you. Let me tell some of you the reason why God's got you working with certain individuals is because the harvest he has for you is bigger than you. And you've got to have somebody in your life that can help you reel in a harvest that you can't reel in yourself. I'm telling you the harvest that God's got for this region is bigger than this single solitary church. I'll tell you again. I said it's bigger than this single solitary church. And if God gave us all the harvest that we can handle at one time, it would sink us. It would sink up. We would lose the harvest and then we would lose ourselves. Well, praise the Lord. Well, hallelujah. I said, if God gave some of you all the all the stuff uh, at once that you, he has prepared for you, it would sink you. Hallelujah. I'll try that one more time. Because some of y'all probably don't think you got very, anything very big coming. Some of y'all probably don't think you got very much coming. But I got news for you. I told you just at the beginning of this, I told you that what you're looking at is the ground, not the ceiling. said what you got looking at you're looking at what you think is the ceiling and God's saying that's just the ground the blessing that God has poured out and has determined upon this church is the ground floor it's not the ceiling ladies and gentlemen I'll prove it to you the scripture says Jesus said Jesus said he said these miracles you see me do that's the ground floor That's the ground floor. That's the ground floor. That's ground level. And then he said, greater things than these. Greater things. Wait a second. Water to wine. Raising the dead after four days. And that's the ground level. Do you know that God's got three, do you know God's got buildings three times this size? We're just stretching our thinking right now. I'm going to say it again. God's got buildings three times this size. Waiting on us. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. There is such a massive, do you know that there's 200 million people in the United States that has no affiliation with God or church? 200 million. And we're sitting here thinking, oh man, we're trying to just believe God to, to, give, to give us 1,500 people. God's like, I got harvests that are so big, this building can't handle it. Well, I, 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 I'm not up here, this is not a, 
this is, please forgive me, but this is not a pep rally. I'm trying to expand some of your thinking right now. Because God's saying, this church has built altars that is going to propel them into multiplication. And it's going to propel them into unity. And then in Genesis 22, when Abraham took Isaac to Mount Moriah, that altar propelled him into dominion. And that's what God's got prepared for this church. We're sitting here trying to figure out what God's going to do and how he's going to do it. And I got news for you. You can't even come up with the plan. He's got it figured. He ain't going to be figuring it out. He's already got it figured out. Somebody's like, man, Brother Wade, uh, I, somebody said, Brother Wade, we, we was in this service and people were laid out over the altar, laid out in the altar. And I'm like, why? Oh, God, help me. Why? And they looked at me like I was some dunce. What do you mean, why? I said, why? Why lay in an altar that's not going to propel you somewhere? Because I'm going to tell you all something. Every time we come to an altar and we don't allow it to propel, the Bible says that there was an altar in the scripture that had no sacrifice on it. It had no sacrifice on it. There was no fire that came upon it. There was no, there was nothing on it. There was nothing upon that altar. And God said, this altar is not going to have sacrifice on it. It was only built for one reason. And that was to be a witness against a generation. He said, every time you come to the altar that is meant to propel you and it doesn't take you anywhere it's going to be a witness against you God help me. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in letting an altar be a witness against me. Uh, not after everything God's done for me. Uh, I got my mind made up that no matter what, I'm going to let this altar propel me into the purpose of God. Somebody ought to get on your feet and lift your hands and cry out to God in this house. Uh, hallelujah. 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 Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost just one more time. Altar is going to propel you somewhere. This church has built altars that is going to propel them. This church has built altars that's going to propel them. Some of you have seed in the ground that you don't think is going to yield a harvest. But I got news for you. There is a massive harvest. And I'm not talking about just souls. I'm talking about, see, if you sow apple seeds, you're not going to get oranges. If you sow a watermelon seed, well, Brother Wade, that, that's duh. No, I'm telling you right now, if you sow apple seeds, you're not going to get oranges. If you sow watermelon seeds, you ain't getting squash. 
you reap what you sow. And some of you in this building have been waiting on financial harvest to show up. Okay, I, I'm in the, there's a lot of seed that's been planted in this church. And you didn't do it as a 911 emergency. You did it because you were privileged to do so. And God said, that thing is going to propel you into something. That seed is going to propel you into something. My God. There is such, there is such financial increase coming upon the kingdom. Don't get bogged down, my brother. Don't get bogged down. You've made sacrifices that God takes good record of. I feel the Holy Ghost in here right now. The Holy Ghost wants this church to know that you are at the entranceway of what he is getting ready to unleash upon you. You are at the entranceway. I'm not up here just saying that. I'm telling you what I know, not what I think, because I have begun to see it in my own life, sir. I have begun to see it in my own life in the last few weeks. God said, hey, I got news for you. You can't open your hand to me, and I don't open windows. Every project that this church has going on right now is not going to be stalled halfway. Brother Wade, do you know that you're prophesying this in the midst of a recession? Yes, I do. And I don't care. Because I'm not prophesying it based on the, the local economy. I know it's a little slow right now, but, but that's, some of you need to reach out and get a hold of that right now. I said, some of you need to get a hold of that right now. You need to go home tonight expecting to everything, to expect to receive that everything that God has prophesied concerning you is going to happen. It's going to take place. People are literally going to be running to this place. People are literally, praise the Lord, somebody's getting a hold of it. Hallelujah. This church has built altars and laid sacrifices on those altars, and those altars are propelling this church right now. Those altars are propelling this church right now. I said those altars are propelling this church right now. Well, somebody's getting a hold of it. I said, those altars are propelling somebody right now. Woo! Somebody ought to praise the Lord in this house right now. Not worship. Somebody ought to praise the Lord in advance for what the Lord is doing. I'm not going to... I'm done preaching. God is trying to get us to understand that the miracle is here tonight. 
It's right here. It's at your fingertips. I'm not in an emergency situation. I'm not in an emergency situation. The Life Church is not in an emergency situation. This church is building altars because they, they are born out of gratitude and thanksgiving. This is not a woe is me altar. This is not a woe is me altar. I'm telling you right now, we still we can still afford to put gas in the car, and we can still afford to go to Longhorn after church. Oh God, help me! Some of you are about to see some stuff go on in your house. Oh, I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. Some of you are about to see some stuff going on your house. Some of you made sure you sacrificed to make sure that this house would look good, and God said, "I'm going to make sure your house looks good." Some of you walk in your house and it's a oh God Moshaya. Some of you are embarrassed about your living your living situation. But God said, because you made sure my house and you built an altar that would propel, you're not gonna be embarrassed of where you live. My God. My God. You're not going to be embarrassed about where you live. You're not going to be hanging your head down. You're not going to be ashamed to invite somebody to your house. You're going to invite them over and say, look what the Lord did. Oh, I'm prophesying in my own life right now. I said, I'm prophesying in my own life right now. I'm at the ground floor. Somebody just get out in the aisle and just shout and praise the Lord right now. By the authority of the Word of God, I prophesy an increase in your transportation right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. My God. Just as the Lord has given me five vehicles and upgraded me every single time, I prophesy that into your life this very day in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm going to, well, it got quiet, but that's okay. It's okay. Because somebody's getting hold of it right now. It's hanging over this house. Whatever you're driving currently is the ground floor. This people has been faithful to God. This people has been faithful to God. You have, you have made vows unto God. And you have done everything you can do to keep those vows and to keep those pledges and to keep those things what you have promised. And 
gossip because you did that for my house. Brother Justin Gleason, I, I had no plans of doing any of this, but this is what the Holy Ghost is saying. Because, because you have availed yourself to cause my house to prosper. I'm going to prosper your house. I'm going to prosper your house. Because you have blessed my house. The Lord said, I'm going to bless yours. And you can't even measure how much I'm going to bless you. Oh, can't even measure it. Can't even measure it. You can't even measure it. Can't even measure it. I know what I felt from the Holy Ghost just a moment ago. Some of you are embarrassed to invite people over your house, but the day is coming, and it's coming shortly, and God's working on it right now. You're not going to be embarrassed to invite them to your house. Well, hallelujah. Because I, I read in that Bible, he said, if you open your hands to me, I open windows in heaven. Yes, Hallelujah. <laughs> Brother Caleb Gleason, I don't talk about, I don't talk about money very much. It's, it's not something I talk about very much. We have to have it to live, but I don't talk about it. But when I feel the anointing of God like I feel in this building right now, and I feel and sense what's hanging over this church, And I, I discern what's hanging over this church. I'm not going to sit here and just ignore it. And neither should you. Praise the Lord. And I'm not going to ignore it. And neither are you. You're not going to be able to ignore it very long. Because when it starts coming in your house, you're going to be like, oh, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I was, I was in a service some time ago, and there was this woman. I'm done preaching. I, I was, uh, we're feeling the atmosphere right now that we should have been feeling 20 minutes ago that was hanging in here. I was in a service some time ago, and there was a woman on, on this side of the church, and she had a, she had a, a tumor. I didn't know it, but the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, I want you to curse tumors. The Lord said, I want you to curse tumors. I said, okay. I just go with it. I don't, I don't worry about it. I just go with it. And the Lord said, I want you to curse tumors. I didn't know it, but she had a three and a half inch tumor in her chest wall. And that woman got a hold of that. She got a hold of that and began to praise the Lord and began to possess the miracle. And when she did, the radiating power of the Holy Ghost come down. And she was scheduled to go that week to have a biopsy done on that tumor. But when they got over there, they found that there was no tumor to do a biopsy on. 
That miracle power is in this building right this minute. And it doesn't matter what it is, if you will praise the Lord right now by the authority of the Word of God and by the power that is in the name Jesus, it doesn't matter what kind of malady is in your body, I exercise authority over it right now in the name of Jesus. I cast it out of your body right now, and I command the working of miracles to come upon you right now in this building in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I command it to be done right now. It's happening right now. It's happening in this building right now. I exercise dominion over back problems. I exercise authority and dominion over, over joints and over backs and shoulder problems and eye problems, ear problems. I exercise authority and dominion over it right now in the name of Jesus. I exercise authority and dominion over it right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I'm not hoping it's going to happen. I believe it's going to happen. I don't hope. I believe. I don't hope. I believe. I don't hope. I believe. I'm not hoping. I'm believing. Right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I command you to be made whole right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the authority of the word of God and by the power that is of the name Jesus. I exercise authority and dominion over your infirmity right now in the name of Jesus. My God. I exercise authority over blood conditions. Disease of the blood, I curse you right now in the name of Jesus. I curse anemia right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I curse iron deficiencies in this building right now in the name of Jesus. My God. Folks, I'm not up here just saying this randomly. I'm telling you what I know in the Holy Ghost. God is touching people right now. Blood conditions are being touched right now. Woo! I feel like shouting because the victory of the Lord is in here.
the joy of the Lord is in this house. The victory of the Lord is in this house. Don't wait. Some of you just need to get out of your aisle right now and just just go ahead and praise the Lord in advance. Go ahead and praise the Lord. And while you're praising the Lord, the miracle's coming to you. The miracle's coming to you. My God, my God, my God. I command you to be made whole right now. I command you to be made whole right now. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.